Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Easton Freeze. Easton, how are you tonight? Jimmy, doing great. How are you? <laughs> Couldn't be better, right? Um, <laughs> all right, before we get started into this, you know, fun time, uh, we'll remind you this is a BroadwaySportsMedia.com podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website, so check that out for all of your Titans news and analysis. Uh, remind you also that you can get Home Run Throwback wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Home Run Throwback, and you'll find us there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. You can follow Easton on Twitter at Easton Freeze. You can also get his podcast, Titans 10, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search that out as well. All right, so we now get to get into this lovely Sunday afternoon in the rain in at Nissan Stadium where the Titans lose to the Texans 22-13. to Um you know, th- there's a lot of stuff to get into to, in this game. I, th- I think we'll start with the Ryan Tannehill conversation. Um, Tannehill was obviously not good today. Now, him not being good today doesn't mean that he hasn't been good the entire time he's been here, which is what some people were saying on Twitter, that it's all due to Derrick Henry and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think that no. if you've watched this team play, you understand how good Ryan Tannehill has been, how efficient he's been, how well he has operated this offense. Is Ryan Tannehill as good as he is, you know, with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones, without those guys? Absolutely not. And I do think that, you know, he is a guy that needs things to be good around him in order to be, you know, considered in that elite class of quarterbacks, the class that can take you to a Super Bowl. I think there are only three to five guys on the planet that aren't, that don't need some things to be good around them. I was about to say who yeah. besides Rodgers, Brady, right. end of list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, and, and that's obviously a conversation we can have. But today he wasn't good enough. Today he threw that first pick where a, a pick that it seems like he throws every week now for some reason. I don't, I don't know. I don't know it's why. It's the same one over and over. Over and over, and it, that hasn't been the, a thing that he's done the last year yep. and a half, but this year he has. And, yeah, that one, that one was bad. Um, two and three, both were targeted for Des Fitzpatrick. I think there is a conversation to be had there, at least on the third one, that Des Fitzpatrick probably went the wrong way. He broke out instead of breaking in, which is what it, it seemed like Ryan Tannehill expected him to do. Of course, Tannehill, after the game, in the press conference, said, look, I'm not going to get into all of that. He took all the blame, you know, as he should, being the quarterback. You understand all that stuff. Um, you know, there were people on, in my mentions on Twitter saying that they should bench him and go to Logan Woodside. That's ridiculous, and if you've watched this team for any length of time, then you should know that that's a, that's a stupid comment to make. Those, those aren't don't, real right? people. They don't, they don't deserve recognition yeah. as, as people. Like, they don't, they're, they're trolls, or they just don't actually watch the game, or they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, right. it's just, yeah. it's Absolutely. Yes. And, and listen, I mean, at the end of the game, when he has Nick Westbrook Aquina, Chester Rogers, and who's Dontrell Hilliard? Who's the third receiver? They had three receivers left. I can't remember. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, this is Patrick. All right. I just talked about him, obviously. So, I mean, you know, when he's, when that's what he has out there, that that's going to be a problem for pretty much any quarterback. Like you said, wide receiver four, five and seven. Right. Yeah. And the guy that he targeted on two of the, of the four interceptions is the guy that they cut in the preseason and signed to the practice squad and just activated him to the active roster. What last week? And he's a rookie. So again, 
all of that, and some of that does sound like an excuse. It sounds like excuses for Tannehill. It's um, not an excuse, but it's a really good reason. It, it's, a, it's a really good reason. Um, but that being said, he's got to stop with that first interception. He's done it to. all year long, and, yep. and it's a problem. And it's, it's until he figures out how to not do that, this team is going to struggle because they're not a team that can overcome multiple turnovers. They can't be – well, I mean, listen, you know, and Mike Vrabel harped on this in the, in the postgame press conference. There are very few teams in the NFL that can be, you know, minus five in the turnover game and win. I mean, and, it's, and the Titans almost did it today. Um, but the, that, that's not going to happen very often. And Ryan I bet you Tannehill, can count on, on one hand the number of times that's, in NFL history a team that's has gone minus ever. five in turnovers and won a game. Absolutely. And, and so that, that's not going to happen with, with the, the, the current iteration of this team. He has to be better. But I think you ha- when you're looking at this, you have to put it in some context that, listen, Ryan Tannehill wasn't good today, but there is more going on here than just Ryan Tannehill. It's not like he's the only problem with this team. So much more. And this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on my diatribe here. Uh, here. Here's my soapbox. I am setting it down, and I'm stepping up. This, this is what I've been talking about today on Twitter, and a number of folks have been going back and forth with me on this. Listen, Twitter is a place where you're not allowed to have any nuance whatsoever. It's very, very binary on Twitter um, or on the Internet in general. Um, and, and that's what this situation clearly requires is some nuance. Ryan Tannehill had a really, really bad day today. He also had literally no help. And because he had no help, he was bad. It was a, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was an incredibly difficult situation he was put in. And my contention today has been that I think a number of people are pointing at Ryan Tannehill as the problem in today's game because it is convenient and easier to throw stones at one person saying that their bad game was the reason this Titans team lost to a really bad Texans team today. It's easier to do that than to admit to yourself as a Titans fan that the Titans had a quarterback today that played really poorly. And a big part of that was because of a much larger, more concerning, more long-term issue. That is this Titans roster. This Titans roster is laughably depleted. It is so bad how many players they don't have. Ryan Tannehill, for the vast majority of today's game, was missing running back one, running back three, tight end one. Yes, Jeff Swaim is tight end one statistically. Sorry for all of you that hate Jeff Swaim, but he's caught a lot of balls this season. Tight end one, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three. I defy you to find a quarterback in the NFL that could reliably succeed against any other NFL team given those circumstances. Now, Ryan Tannehill's poor decision-making, in particular, his first interception early in the game, is what caused them to be in a position where they were playing from behind, right? It forced Ryan Tannehill to press the majority of the game and a number of things. I mean, they had a number of things go wrong today. They had a defense that was letting a very bad Houston Texans offensive line and very bad Houston Texans offense in, in general skill, just the whole offense is really bad. And they were moving the ball pretty effectively for a lot of the game. They, you know, they went on a couple of three and outs there 
in the second half of the game. The defense kind of got stout there, gave him a chance later on. But for the majority of the, the beginning of the game, the Texans were conducting successfully these long, grading drives, running clock, moving the ball at will, especially in the run game. They were running really effectively early on. This defense has been much better than that in the last two weeks. They were not better than that today. You had a a quarterback who was in a horrible position in terms of the skilled players around him and was in a horrible position given the weather. You don't want to be the team that has to throw the ball twice as much as the other. I mean, Ryan Tannehill had 53 passes today to Tyrod Taylor's 24. In a game where there's a torrential downpour for the majority of the game, you, you don't want to be the team that has to pass twice as much, right? And I don't care how incredible your quarterback is or how big his hands are, especially if you have Jared Goff. He's horrible in the ring, but that's a that's a little ADD talking. I uh, just had to rip Jared Goff for a moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was in a really terrible position given the weather, given his skill position players. The team had luck. Clearly was not on their side. There were a number all every game in the NFL. There are a number of things that just you just you have to have things bounce your way, right? And the Titans had. As far as I'm aware, nothing bounced their way today. You know, they had they had the punt, uh, attempted punt uh, reception return that ended up giving the Texans the ball inside the 10-yard line because it bounces off of somebody's leg. I can't even remember who Chester it was Rogers. trying to – Chester Rogers' foot. Just, I mean, just a fluke play. Horrible. It turned into at least three points. I'm not sure if that was a touchdown or a field goal for the Texans, but it turned into points when the Titans should have been getting the ball back. It, things like that all day long weren't going their way. So was Ryan, T- I, I tweeted this out, was Ryan Tannehill a problem today? Yes, absolutely. He was really bad. He was, he was, he had a, his worst day all season by far as a Titan. He has to be better or else this team can't win. But was he the problem today? No, he wasn't. And a lot of people want to make him the problem, but he was not the problem. He was one of many problems that this Titans team has because if he was all the people saying that he wasn't that he was the problem answer me this so if Ryan Tannehill was the problem going forward against the patriots next week for example if Ryan Tannehill plays significantly better in that game than he did today which low bar granted but say say he has a you know a, a one interception or less day he's got a completion percentage north of 65 and, you know, he's got 20 to 30 pass attempts. Pretty good day. I'm not, not going to say how many touchdowns he has, but he, but he has a good day statistically outside of that, right? They're playing New England, and he has Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook-Akine, and Dontrell Hilliard, and Des Fitzpatrick, and Deontay Foreman as his available weapons to get the ball to. If he's the problem for this team, if he was the problem for this team in this game, well, then they should win that game, right? He has he has a much better day. Doesn't matter who those weapons are, right? That's 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 what you're telling me is that he was the problem. So if he gets his act together, then this team's fine. That's clearly ridiculously foolish. That's not the case. This team has so many more problems than Ryan Tannehill having a bad day, right? Okay, I'll step off for now, but I might. Get yes, back on. yeah, clearly, clearly that's true. Um, also if he doesn't throw that first pick, if he does, I mean, you know, I mean, listen, we, we can go around and around on this and it would be foolish to 
make this entire show about Ryan Tannehill because that, say what you want. Like he he was terrible today. If he is serviceable today, they win. So uh, yeah, that's fine. Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill has, Ryan Tannehill has been good um, for this team. He's been really good for this team in the year and a half, or I mean, I guess about two years now at this point that he's been the starter. So it, it's dumb to to kind of revisit all of that. He's got to be better. There's no doubt about that. But he is not the singular reason that they lost today. That that's absolutely true. Um, Another thing that you know I'm seeing a lot on Twitter is, well, when they get this guy back and when they get that guy back, it, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a different team. Again, certainly what is true. that, Jimmy? Right. I mean, that, right. So that's, that's the point I'm about to make. Um, Derrick Henry's not walking through that door until January. Okay. Nope. So you have to get past the well. If he had this guy and if he had that guy, like it, it's it's it, that's not happening anytime soon. Um, I don't know the extent of AJ Brown's injury. Um, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out as the week goes along. Julio's not coming back until after the bye, and I think we're foolish to really count on Julio to be Julio at this point with all the injuries. I mean, listen, he's been on and off the field since August, and if you want to extrapolate that out further, since the middle of last season with the Falcons, okay? Right, so, well, you can expect him to be Julio when he comes back for a for a minimum of one snap. And right. then from there on, it is house money, right? Yeah, absolutely. He'll be Julio just for how long? That's yeah. the question, right? So this team has got to figure out, and they did it for two weeks. They won two games without Derrick Henry. But this team has got to figure out how to win games without Derrick Henry going forward. And listen... The division, I mean, you hate to say that it's over because they lost to the Texans today, and part of the, you know, the division is over conversation has been they still have two against the Texans. Well, they dropped one today against the Texans. Now, they still have a three-game lead effectively over the Colts. It's two in the loss column, but the Colts have to finish a game better to win the division. I mean, all, all that stuff is, is true. Yeah, allow me to reiterate. The division is over. The Colts <laughs> died three weeks ago. There's a number of national morons that will tell you this week that, oh, the Colts are surging, they're really hot. Yes, they are surging. Yes, they are really hot. And they'll say, oh, do they They have it? You know, they could come. This division is not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're not paying attention. I I get it. You're trying to cover 32 teams. I give you some grace there. But if you cover the Titans like we do, we can tell you as reporters covering the Titans that actually this division ended three weeks ago before November because the Colts lost twice to the Texans, dug themselves a massive hole. And statistically speaking, according to the New York Times playoff predictor calculator, the Titans, despite their loss today and the Colts' win over the Bills, which was really impressive. I told you on, on Twitter a couple weeks ago that Jonathan Taylor was the closest thing to Derrick Henry in the league. Some people at this company, Justin Graver, told me that that was not true, and yet here we are. He looks incredible. Five total touchdowns against a really good Bills defense. All right. Um, but anyways, despite their win, despite the Titans' loss, the Titans still have a 97% chance of winning the division, and the Colts have a less than 3% chance of winning the division. Now, they'll make the playoffs. They'll be a wild-card team, and I can tell you the Titans don't want to see them again because beating any team three times in a row in, a, in one season is darn near impossible, ask the Saints last year. So they're, they're a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs, but they will not be winning this division. The Titans won the division in October. Okay, all that being said, right? <laughs> they, they're gonna Am I a little preachy tonight, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> and we're all, we're all on edge a little bit, right, because this was, this was just a disaster all the way around. Okay, it was gross but, football to watch, Jimmy. It was, I'm and especially the rain. I mean, it was just yeah, it was, it was just, just gross. Was I was miserable. at the game for the most of the most of the. It was just gross. <laughs> and they keep showing Vrabel on the sideline, just looking pissed off, soaking wet. I mean, you know, just you know, he was all of us, right? I mean, that, that's how that's how we all felt. 
But again, they, they're going to have to figure out some things. And, you know, starting next week when they go to New England, New England, who is playing as well as anyone right now, um, they're going to, they've got to figure some things out in order to get to where they want to be. Um, you know, a first round by it's a little, I mean, they, they still have, I guess, a game lead on the Ravens. I don't even know what tiebreakers are now, so who knows? But, um, you, you know, the, those, those types of things kind of took a step backwards today. Right. But they've, they've still, they, there's still a lot of things in front of them. They've, they've still, they, they still, you know, we're eight and two, they're still eight and three. I mean, all those things are in play and there, there's a lot of good that comes from this. But there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of bad as well. And listen, correct me if I'm wrong here, but is it time for the Adrian Peterson thing to be dead? Like I get it, it's a good story. He's a Hall of Famer, but he looks 36. And when they're giving him carries in the third and fourth quarter, when they're down by multiple scores, like I, I just I, I can't understand what that's going. I mean, Deontay Foreman looks better than him. Hilliard looked better than him today. I don't understand why they're still giving him carries. There, there are, like I said, a lot of good, a lot of good things have happened, but there are a lot of question marks that go further than Ryan Tannehill. And for me, it started with just a real quick note here. We had some technical difficulties, so when this jump happens, that's it was a cutoff in the recording. So we'll pick up here with the Adrian Peterson discussion. Okay, so question for you. Why is Adrian Peterson still getting carries on this team? There, there's a lot of issues, um, and, you know, if you're listening to this, we've had a few technical difficulties, so if it sounds a little choppy, that's why. Um, but I, I just – Adrian Peterson looks 36 years old, and when they're giving him carries in the second half of a game where they're down by multiple scores, when Foreman obviously looks better than him, Hilliard obviously looks better than him, I just there there are things that need to be cleaned up on the coaching staff side as well. Like I said, in addition to you know Ryan Tannehill and all that stuff, that's one to me. Like I understand that it's a good story. They brought him in, future Hall of Famer. I mean, all of that is great. But to me, it looks like it might be time to move on from him. Well, it's interesting. I, I agree that Foreman and Hilliard look better than him. I I, I was surprised to find out that. That Peterson actually had he averaged four yards a carry today, which is, I mean, just objectively pretty decent. It's serviceable, especially in a running back by committee situation like the Titans have. I don't think my question is less why is he still on the team, and more why have they not figured out how to appropriately use him? And I think it was demonstrated most, and this is a situation I know some disagree with me. I was talking about it with uh, Jonathan Bohr on Twitter earlier today. The first fourth down attempt the Titans had, where they marked they marked Ferkser half a foot short. Run a quarter sneak. Should have should have been a sneak. Absolutely, absolutely should have been a sneak. Was what they should have done. Um, but they they decided to go with a, a, a run right up the a gap between the tackles, and they've got AP in the game. And, and I'm just shaking my head, wondering what you're going to run. You need a half yard. You're going to run between the tackles, and your choice in that group is is Peterson and not Hilliard or Foreman. Like they're they're built for that kind of running in a way that Peterson is not. They their running style is completely different. Like Peterson, like Hilliard and Foreman look like guys that would be 
suitable backups to Derrick Henry. They have relatively, I mean, they're both big guys. They're kind of rumbling, you know, running backs. They're they're not speedy guys. They're not shifty guys. They are, they're kind of in the mold of, of a Derrick Henry power back. Peterson's not that. And that's fine. You know, he has a different skill set, but they, it's like they only know how to run the ball one way. And that one way is the way that best suits Derrick Henry. So I, I think that they should, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, that, that it should be McNichols as the third down back, like he always has been. Foreman or Hilliard in the, in the primary, you know, everywhere on the field besides the red zone role. And then you have Peterson in there. You know, he's pretty decent in the red zone. He's decent if you're going to, if you're going to go, you know, outside the tackles, you're, you're, you know, running an end around like what you just, if you're going to go up the gut, if you're going to run that pounding style of football in the run game, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing with Peterson back there necessarily. And, and Jonathan Bourne's point was that, you know, really any running back arguably should should be able to succeed if you know the line was doing a better job and the line has to do a better job yeah. they they they're it's it's funny to say but they're one of the least injured uh units on and the they, team and they've been an issue all year long but and they've been an issue and they, like they're healthy now they don't have any more excuses i mean healthy i mean nate davis is, was out in this game but frankly he's not been he hadn't been good bro very might good. Be better yeah yeah so i don't understand why they aren't getting it put together you know that's another thing not to well, I say not to, but it is to a little end around back to to Ryan Tannehill. They've been the last three. I'm interested to see what their grades are this week, but the three weeks previous, uh, they have been a bottom three run blocking team in the league. There's they're not providing any time in the passing game, and clearly they've been pretty mediocre in the run game. Today they were better, but in key spots they got blown up by a, a, te- a depleted Texans defensive line. It's not any good even when they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's another thing, and that's a, a conversation that we've been having. Like, if, if you've been watching this team all year long, like, that was the biggest concern for me. Like, even when everybody was healthy, um, you, you know, everybody everybody was there, They the offensive line hasn't been good, and that was going to be a problem for this team even, you know, before all the injuries of the skill guys started to happen. So that that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I don't know. I just – to me, and I said this when they signed Adrian Peterson, and, you know, Mike Herndon, the, the retired Mike Herndon, um, you know, kind of convinced me that Adrian Peterson was the right guy for them. And so, I, you know, I kind of bought in a little bit. But Never I don't listen know. to retired I, yeah, yeah, Never. You know, you know. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I think that there are guys that are better served to do what they want to do to run the solid offense they want to run. And, again, we said, you know, from the beginning that nobody was going to fill in for Derrick Henry. Like that's not a you know you you can't you can't replace him obviously, but I don't know I think it's time to to do a little something different to get some guys that are explosive in there um, or, or have a chance to be explosive not explosive is not even the right word but I just, Adrian Peterson just he's not gonna get anything more than what's blocked for him at this point. Well, and I mean it's Foreman and they, Hilliard right like they're the ones that yeah. have shown and I, I say Hilliard it's well been one Nickel, game, but Foreman yeah, in particular I mean, he's the one that's shown even in and it's like on that play when they're trying to get a half yard yeah the line gets blown up but of those guys like the thing about that makes Derrick Henry a great back is even if the line sucks on a play he's still liable to make room for himself to just yeah. fall over a couple yards well Foreman's the only guy in this running back committee. And maybe Hilliard will have to see if he can string multiple games together that has shown they can make chicken 
soup out of chicken, whatever. So like, <laughs> so yeah. 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 I mean, again, it's all, it, it's all a disaster today. Um, I will say this about the defense, you know, tr- transitioning to them um, with the exception of the first drive of the second half, which that, to their credit, they forced a punt on, and that was the punt that hit Rogers and they get a touchdown off of that. But that, that drive was 13 plays, seven minutes off the clock, seven and a half minutes off the clock. So that, that's a problem against a terrible Texans offense. Um, in the first half, they they weren't very the defense wasn't very good right no, I mean they weren't you, know, you you just and again they it, it was it was for the most part the bend but not break type deal now the Texans did have a nine play seventy six yard touchdown drive but you know that the first drive the Texans have is fourteen plays basically seven minutes off the clock but they hold them to a field goal uh, Ryan Tannehill throws the interception that gets run back to the I don't know what it went to the six and then they hold them to a field goal there so I mean they they did some good things there. But they've got to be able to be better against this thing. Like I said, they figured out in the second half, with the exception of that very first drive. They were good in the second half. Um, but they've got to be able to step up and make a play. And again, like when you watch these guys talk after the game, I mean, Kevin Byard basically said, like, we didn't, we didn't enforce anything. We didn't get a turnover. We didn't, you know, do anything to really help the offense on a day where they were struggling. And that's what it's going to take at this point. I mean, this team for the next few weeks or the next rest of the regular season is going to have to be a defensive football team. I mean, I, th- I think we've seen that at this point. I mean, point. at least until post-buy, and then I guess you could reevaluate based on who's Right, and then hopefully... They've, they've got to hobble to the bye on the defense's back. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's next week against the Patriots. Like I said, I don't, we don't know the extent of AJ's injury. Hopefully he can get back out there. I mean, who knows? But Or Marcus Johnson they, with a hamstring. And, and, I, and I, Yeah, and I thought the Texans did a... They did a pretty good job of not – they didn't drop Tyrod Taylor back in the pocket, have him sit there, sit there, allow that pass rush to ha- happen. I mean, they were – it was a lot of quick stuff, getting the ball out, sprint outs, that kind of stuff, which is a good way to, you know, negate a pass rush that has been as good as the as the Titans has been. So, you know, give them credit for that. But even with that being said, I mean, this is this was a 1 and 8 football team coming into this game, a, a a team that's terrible and really has nothing for this year. And they just they weren't able to force anything. They weren't able to make anything happen today. So, I I mean, it, it feels a little bit ridiculous to blame this one on the defense because they gave up 22 points. And when you talk about how many of those points were given up when they had extremely short fields, I mean, you know, again, the, the defense was good enough that the team could have won this game. But they're going to have to be, like, you know, otherworldly for this, for this team to win games as, as it's currently constructed. And, again, it's funny because coming into the season, all we were asking for was a middle-of-the-pack defense this right, ten seconds good ago. enough. Right, yeah. That it, it doesn't matter as long as it's, they can be serviceable. And you know, I don't know. They're they're gonna have to figure some things out. But I mean, I, like, okay. So we sit here now, right? The Titans are eight and three. They go to New England next week, and then they have the bye. Um, you're convinced that the, the that the division is over. Um, I I think it is too. And like you said, ninety seven percent, all that stuff is great. But th- there's a part of me that's like. Okay, that's that's all well and good, but they're gonna have to figure out a way to win three or four more games in order to get into the playoffs. And again, it's funny because you, I almost right there said limp into the playoffs, and that might feel like the case. But when you're gonna get Derrick Henry back, it's going to be a different team at that point. But 
what's the confidence level that as they move forward, they can win, I mean, the majority of what's left? Because, again, we sit here and we say, okay, Texans twice, Jaguars. The, the 49ers are playing better now, um, but before today they, they, they haven't been that good. The Patriots are, are playing really well. The Dolphins, whatever, I mean, they're, they're fine. But, I mean, so what – what confidence level do you have that this team can continue to push for the number one seat? Let's say that. Let's take the division off the table. Where's your confidence that they can continue to push for that number one seat? Well, I think the confidence is still pretty high considering the competition, right? If you continue to look at, I I tweeted this out. If you look back at that New York times uh, uh, playoff calculator for the, for the NFL, I'm pulling it up right now the Titans still have a better-than-not chance of the one seed. They're currently at 54%. Now, of their remaining six games, the Patriots game next week is the most important to that statistic. If they win the Patriot game, then they... Where did it go? Then they go to 74% chance of getting the, the one seed. And that's primarily because at the moment... The Patriots are number one in the AFC East, and they're the team that has the best chance outside of the Titans to get that one seed, as crazy as that seems. The the Bills took a bad loss today, and they are now second in that division. So besides the Titans, who have a 54% chance, as constituted, to get the one seed, the other contenders are New England, who has a 13% chance. Baltimore has a 10% chance. Those are the two teams, one uh, a half game back of the Titans. Or no, one... One game back? what well, a half game, I think. Yeah, a half game back of the Titans. Yeah, it's going to get into tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff. So it's, Yeah, they're, they have one yeah. less win than the Titans. Then Kansas City at 7%. Seven, that was really country all of a sudden. <laughs> 7% at 7% and Buffalo at 6%. So the Titans have a better chance statistically than the next four teams in the AFC combined, despite that bad loss today. Now... They play, like you said, the remaining schedule is Patriots, Jaguars, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. Now, in order, in order to lose the division in, in full hellscape fashion, as you're questioning, they would have to, of those six remaining games, lose at least four, if not five of them. That's not happening. Now, you ask about... And the, and the Colts have to keep winning because... And the and right. in the end, the yeah. Colts have to win out or w- almost win out, right? And so it's interesting. The Titans coming into this game, what we were kind of looking for as analysts, we were looking for the Titans to to put up more offense than they had in the last two weeks, right? It, against the Saints and against the Rams, the two games they've played since Derrick Henry, they they have put up an average of. I did this earlier. I believe 229 yards is around 230 yards of offense in those two games. Really, really weak offensive performance. They won the Rams game, thanks in large part to the defense being super dominant. And they won the Saints game, thanks in part to the, the defense being really good and the offense being marginally better. But I, they were still sub 300 total yards on offense. Now today... You know, we came into the game thinking, you know, we'll know based on their how much offensive output they have, whether or not they're improving. Because my question was 
a big part of the the questioning in the last two games against the Rams and the and the Saints was, you know, the Titans not only is their offense sputtering, but their run game is really pathetic all of a sudden without Derrick Henry. You know, like clearly that you know he was so you know you know he was super super important. Obviously, he actually is, but he was so important to that run offense because they can't get but like 60 yards running 20 25 times well i was curious whether or not that would really stand up right because the saints and the rams have top three run defenses in the league so was that really a result of derrick henry not being there or was it a result of playing two of the three toughest run defenses in the league and today they played the texans which i or is 30, 31st, or 32nd in the league in run defense. I believe they were 32nd coming into this game. Really awful. Total opposite. In the box score, the Titans' offense crushed the Texans. So they did what we expected them to do and what we were wondering if they could do as kind of an indicator for where they are, right? The thinking, at least for me, and in, in what I put out there was, you know, if the Titans can put up 400-ish yards of offense in this game against a bad team, well, then, you know, it shows that they're improving. You know, they put up minimal offense against two really good defenses. That's not all that shocking. You know, and they're learning to adjust to life post-Henry. This offense, is, you know, they're getting their sea legs here. And then if, you know, if they put up another 200-ish offensive performance, then it was like, wow, okay, this offense is super limited without Derrick Henry. Well, they did what many Titans fans were hoping they'd do. They had 420 offensive yards in this game. They had 103 rushing yards on 25 carries. So they they put up a lot of, of numbers in terms of just pure offensive production. But as we said, five turnovers, you don't, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, five turnovers, minus five turnover differential, and you lose the game. So... Looking at that alone, right, their offensive production, their ability to move the ball, using that as a long-term indicator of success, today was <laughs> not positive, but <laughs> looking at it looking at it in terms of the whole picture, if you zoom out, 10,000-foot view, you know, even horrible teams don't consistently have minus five turnovers. Even, you know, horrible teams, I'm not sure a horrible team has ever averaged minus three turnover differential in a season. Like, the Titans can continue to play really faulty football. They could play really bad next week, and I would still take the the under on turnovers of five, right? Like, that's that's an astonishingly bad day. That's a total outlier day, even if you're playing bad football. So, you know, if the Titans... That's a stat that's obviously going to be regressive, right? They're not going to maintain that level of turnover. They they had it coming into this game. It was a, a standalone thing. What isn't as regressive is offensive production. And if you if you look at their offensive production in these games since Derrick Henry, they are playing better in terms of moving the ball. They moved the ball better today. They just shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. So to finish this rant... <laughs> They, they go into these six games with some momentum in terms of figuring out how to get the offense to move the ball. Now, the problem for them, and this is the thing that's been kind of confounding to a lot of people that took me a moment to put my finger on, the problem is not their ability to move the ball now. 
They've moved the ball all right. The last last week, this week, they've moved the ball pretty well. It's their red zone offense, right? Going going into this year, based on last year and the beginning of this year, the Titans' offense, their 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 marquee trait was that they were nails in the red zone, right? They at one point last season had an incredible statistic about their red zone efficiency you know, that they had gotten a touchdown every time they were in the red zone for 20-some-odd trips or something ridiculous. Well, now they can't seem to finish drives at all. Their red zone efficiency is horrible. Um, and so, you know, clearly that's a problem for scoring points. You got you to gotta be good in the red zone. So I'm not sure exact. I'm interested to go back, look at the tape, review this game. I'm curious what it is, if there's something you can really put your finger on it, and maybe you have an answer, but I'm not sure what, what you can point to and be like, ah, that's why the red zone offense is just completely sputtering. Well, I mean, it would help if Ryan Tannehill didn't throw a ball to the Texans linebacker in the well, red zone, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> or anybody's linebacker. Once <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah, but I mean, listen, <laughs> they had the fumble that Verkser recovers in the end zone, right? I mean, it could have been even that was the one disaster. thing that bounced their way. Right. I lied earlier. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. one thing I bounced mean, their way. Listen, that like, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's the thing. And they, they did. They moved the ball today. The, the, the offensive uh, production is not the right word, but the, the ability to move the ball was not the problem because they did that pretty consistently. Like you said, they had over 400 yards of total offense. I mean, Tannehill threw for, what, 323 yards or something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, if you'd have, yeah, if you'd have said before the game that that's what they're going to get. It's he also like threw I, 52 I, times, which right, is a disaster. Which is you see Ryan Tannehill, right. 52 attempts. You know something went yeah. horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, it just comes down to the turnovers. And that's what – um, again, we've had technical issues. So I don't even know what we've said <laughs> and what we haven't said has been recorded. Hey, but people, you know, complain all you, you take, you take what you get. People. Yeah. This is a great show. <laughs> so there's a little, there's a little hiccup in the middle of the show. Get over yourself. Yeah. yeah but I mean, but listen, <laughs> minus five, you're not going to win games. I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care. And, and certainly, I mean, he contributed to that. Um, that, that was certainly a part of all the things that went on there, but I don't know. It, it's, it's. Again, and I, I think I said this on one of our lost recordings, but we sit here and try to not go too crazy high, too crazy low, right? I, I mean, try to be in the middle, try to look at the, the whole thing and see what it is. And so when you step out and, and view it like that, um, the offense, if you take away the turnovers, which is, is a ridiculous statement, but we'll, we'll do it for a minute, the offense wasn't, wasn't terrible today, right? They moved the ball. They were able to do some things. But they've got to clean that up, and that starts, obviously, with Ryan Tannehill. And, again, like we said, the, the bad interceptions have got to stop. The, the, right, and, but that's the point. Looking long-term, it's not ridiculous to say take away the, the turnovers, right? Because the turnovers are a, a regressive stat, and, and offensive production is not so regressive. That's a more consistent thing. So Right, and, again, getting on the same page with the, with the rookie receiver. I mean, all, all those things hopefully will continue to progress as the year goes on. But – Again, all, everything that we said tonight, the bottom line is, as we sit here, the Titans are 8-3. and three. The Titans have a 97%, I think, is what you said, chance of winning the division. Now, as Kenny Mayne always said, you know, games aren't played on paper. They're played inside TV sets. So, I mean, they still have to go out there, and they, they have to win the games, and they have to do those things. But it not all is not lost with, with the with the loss today. And, and it's crazy to think about, you know, they have three losses. One came to the Jets. One came to the Texans. 
I mean, it's just insane to think about the teams that they've beaten versus the teams that they've lost to. But listen, we're going we're gonna to know a lot about what this team is made of next week in Foxborough because the, the Patriots, like we said, are playing as good as anybody right now. And this is another one of those games where nobody's going to pick the Titans to win. I haven't seen a line as it opened, but I would imagine. It's, I have. It opened at six. Okay. I, would, I would bet my life it gets north of seven at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And so we know from history with Mike Vrabel teams that those are the games the Titans win, right? They lose this game where they, I think it closed like 10 and a half, Titans are 10 and a half point favorites today. Mm-hmm. Um, then they lose that game and they go win the game next week where nobody gives them a chance. No, it's actually pretty slick. I've seen, I mean, what Vrabel's clearly doing is he, he's constructed a team and a culture. They're only capable of beating good teams, which, you know, sets you up for failure in the regular season at, at times. But it's but perfect for the playoffs, right? You get to the playoffs, <laughs> there are no bad teams. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Ridiculous that no one's ever thought of this before. Yeah. Vrabel yeah. coach of the year. Vrabel's I mean, chess or playing checkers, right? <laughs> but listen, I, I mean, just don't yeah. lose to good teams. Who right. cares about the rest yeah. of them? Who cares about the rest of it? <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I mean, there obviously is a lot of stuff that has to be fixed from today. And there are, you know, multiple, multiple reasons for concern. But this team is still in a really good position, really in a really good position to win the division, which is obviously, you know, the first goal that you write on the board at the beginning of the year. Right. Win the division. That, that's where it kind of all has to start. That way you get to host the playoff game and go from there. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what, what else we can really say. Today was a disaster, um, but, you, you know, the 24-hour rule or whatever it is that, that the teams have, and so hopefully they can, you know, come in tomorrow, watch the film, get that out of their system, and move on. Um, I, there, there's plenty of positive here. The, the things that we have to watch, it, <laughs> they got to have A.J. Brown next week. Um, and, you know, he's had trouble staying healthy, um, I, I saw somebody say that, you know, it's time to bench him because he can't stay healthy, which is, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, the guys out there are getting banged around like crazy. But I, they, they need him. I, and with everybody else that's gone, right, Julio's not playing next week. Derrick Henry's not playing next week. They're on IR. Um, you, you need that guy. Keep an eye on Marcus Johnson, who was great last week, who went out early in this game. It was a hamstring. He, I think he had a hamstring before. Everybody on this team has a hamstring problem. Um, I, I would be surprised if we see him next week, but who knows? Dramatic um, lack but, of hamstrings. Yeah, but like uh, again, so uh, all those things are issues, and they're going to have to figure out some ways. But this again, not trying to take away. This is a disaster. There's no question about this. But all is not lost. The sky is not falling. Um, they they, they do are have still to the number one seed. In the they're AFC. still the number one seed in the AFC. They they have some things that they absolutely have to figure out but there's still plenty of reasons to be positive about this team. And again, get, win the division, get to the playoffs, get people back. It, it, we're having a completely different conversation. Yep. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that really about sums it up for today. So uh, again, broadwaysportsmedia.com is your website. Check that out. Um, we'll have plenty of, I guess, recap and analysis of this game. Um, it, it's fairly straightforward. Minus five, you don't win games. That, that, that's a pretty straightforward thing. And it, <laughs> it was just yeah. hilarious watching Vrabel in the, in the, in the post game because they keep asking him questions. And he's just like, listen, <laughs> you're minus five. You don't win games. I mean, it, you know, it, it really is that simple. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll break all that down and continue to see what the team looks, looks like moving forward. Watch practice reports this week because those are going to be important as far as who they get back. So I think they'll do it for us for tonight. 
Again, this is Home Run Throwback. Search that out wherever you get your podcast. You can find it there. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. And he also has his podcast, Titans 10, doing a lot of good stuff there. So search that out as well. So for Easton Freeze, this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.